1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on luchacentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbase Speaker, and more. And of course, This podcast is also distributed through our partners at thechairshot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly podcast. And let me bring in the rest of the team. Introducing first, he is the dashing one, Mister Dusty Murphy. Dusty, how are you?
2: I am doing fabulous. How are you doing, Miranda?
1: I am doing well as we get closer and closer to the new year. I can't believe we've made it. Uh we've made it collectively, the three of us, because there is three of us. Uh it's true. and it is true. It's three. it's damn true. And oh. Oh. Try, yes, oh. I I know, copyright. I was gonna oh, go with it's real, but yeah. I was like, no, 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 let's go for the OG, the OG, the original, <laughs> to do that. And and speaking of the OG, I mean we're all originals. But the third member of this team is who? 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 It is the one and only Brendan Barr.
3: That's so who. Hello there. Hello. That's,
1: that's, me. that's you. Uh, yes, I know we're all we're all OGs. Been here <laughs> since day, one-ish.
3: Yeah. day one ish. Yeah. No, before day one. There is a secret that's show no one will ever hear that we all did together.
2: That's vault. true. <laughs>
3: It's not even in the vault. I think it just went away. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> no. uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> here we are. We're off and running. Uh, we are moving towards the, the the holidays, and I'm super excited about all of that. But that means tonight's going to be a little different. Yes,
1: today yeah. is a little bit different because we do have a special interview for you a little bit later on in the show. Uh as we have been talking to lots of people within the world of lucha libre and professional wrestling, we've i interviewed anyone from wrestlers to photographers to promoters uh, to content producers and this week's episode, well, we are going to check off another box in the world of pro wrestling, uh, specifically in the world of podcasting and storytelling. Uh, We're going to get into that a little bit later, just so you can guess. But we have an amazing interview for you uh, regarding something that maybe you've never heard of, but you're going to want to know by the end of this. It's awesome, awesome content that you can access with just the tip. Of your fingers, uh, anywhere, uh, just like us at the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. So we do have an interview for the second part of the show, and we are recording on a different day. So that means that uh, our news is really going to be just more specific to what's happened in the past five days in the world. So we are, which is still to- a lot. It's still a lot, yeah. yes. It's still a lot, but we're going to just have more of a brief breakdown of all of the things that have happened more over the weekend and on the first half of the week. Um So other shows like NXT, MLW, Impact, all the things Miranda does will not be discussed tonight. How convenient is that? Uh, <laughs> I understood the assignment. I don't have any assignments to do. It's, it's a light week for me. Uh, but hopefully you didn't have your rock or your head underneath a rock, because as you know, we did have a lot going on this weekend as well as on the early parts of the week. So we are going to get into that, uh, in just a few moments, but just because we have a shorter format this week does not mean we start off the show any different. So you know what time it is. It is de road back to shows with Brendan.
3: Alright, so, uh, we're just, I'm gonna do a real brief one. The internet, as, as we were doing this, once again was lit on fire by somebody making, saying something on social media. I know. Strangest headline ever. Uh, but in this case, it's kind of a fun one. Uh, Phoenix put up a list of people he wants to wrestle in 2022, and I found some of them surprising, so, uh, hopefully you do too, but, uh, we'll go over this, this list here. First we up, we have, Aries on the list. Uh, we've seen him here in America. We've seen him recently on MLW. We've seen him a bit in AAA. If you are like me, you've seen him in Chaos and other Mexican Indies. Uh, fantastic potential matchup that I'm, I'm excited to see. And the fact that he is already working here in the States means that this is very highly likely to, to happen on uh, 20, in the 2022 year. So, not really a lot else to say on that one because that it, it's one that i could have almost predicted uh and speaking of ones that i could have predicted uh and i'm excited to hear him announce anyway he he called out vikingo and uh, i mean that just makes sense doesn't it dusty
2: yeah i mean
1: <laughs> like oh baker go home yeah i
2: mean E.L.D. vikingo's got the biggest year ever this year like <laughs> Last year we called him out. This is going to be the guy. And this year he's the guy. We told you, we told you like 16 months ago, he's going to be the guy. And Here he, he is. He's any further proof. Oh. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, but so, so the upside of that is that this might, if they do this on AAA, which is, uh, AEW and AAA do have an arrangement going right now, mm-hmm. it could be for the AAA title or, or, Heaven forbid Vikingo comes up and does a a AEW show. Like,
2: I'm either of these prospects is exciting to me. And Uh, then him coming to AEW, I genuinely (laughs) think would do more for AAA uh, and Vikingo than anything they could do in Mexico.
3: Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree. And I feel like that is the, the more likely scenario of the televised ones. But I mean, let's not forget that, uh, like, indies up here like galley gcw even pwr down in california all would love to have both these guys on their show so uh and and both of them are well phoenix has worked a lot of these a lot of american indies and still does so it's very possible um I don't this is another one that the reason I'm mentioning it early is this is no surprise. It's uh it's a super interesting matchup that everybody's excited for. But I think we're probably gonna see it. It's just a question of what the what are the circumstances we're gonna see it under. Uh another one that I thought is super interesting and I'm uh super excited for is Commander. Uh we've yeah.
4: talk,
3: we've talked about him. Uh, on the show in the indie roundup several times. He has lit the internet on fire with his uh aerial stylings. He is um a very exciting up and coming wrestler. Compared to the other two names we mentioned, he doesn't have nearly as much experience, but uh he'll get there real fast if he's in a match with with uh Phoenix. Um again there's a couple places that can go. Commander uh, Chaos has a decent working relationship with AAA, so we could see it on a AAA show somewhere down the road because Phoenix wants it. We could easily see it in a Mexican indie somewhere. Uh, maybe a big lucha show at uh, at Bandito's house. Uh, just generally good stuff. Um and then, the last two, I'm going to just say both of them. And then if either of you have anything you want to say about it, I, I, either of these, uh, we can, we can go from there. Uh, we've got Latigo and Kill Corton. uh, way, way obscure references for m- listeners of this show. We don't necessarily right. talk about them as much, but, uh, and they, they did seem to come out of nowhere. Dusty, you were talking about, uh, some of the,
2: yeah, well, I was familiar with the name Kilcorton, but I wasn't super familiar with him, so I started doing some research, and he was trained by a heck of a list of luchadors. He was Blue Demon, Cuchillo, Gran Apache, Picano, Black Shadow, and Skyade, and like what a what a list. That's I mean, yeah,
3: it's quite a pedigree. Uh, we've talked about Skyade being kind of a, a master here who's, uh, helped train in, in, uh, the states a lot. So, and he's another, he's one of the, the fading masters of the Yave style that we, yeah. we're, not, we're not seeing a lot of more people stepping up to that. Uh, so that means he's got a nice diverse background because, you know, Blue Demon will teach you how to, how to throw the punch when the referee's not looking. I mean, just just calling it what it is. And then you've got that Yave style. And I mean, he's a young guy, so he's probably one going to want to fly. That's just, I it's, that, that pedigree gets me excited. Uh but we would most yeah. likely we'll, we'll see that on the uh, indie list. And then Latigo is also just an up and comer on the indie circuit. I did not have the time to do the research that Dusty's been doing because of the way the show is formatted. But uh I have the only seen
2: thing his... I'm super familiar with on Latigo is that he used to be Raphael in the IWRG Ninja Turtles group. The, the, yeah, that's the yeah he was Leo. <laughs> that's the yeah.
3: one thing I knew too. Talk about a media reference.
2: <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty over for like 2014 2015.
3: Oh there. yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know, if you go to indie shows, particularly near the border. You can see the Mutant Turtles, there's a Spider-Man faction, uh, you know, a lot of the time these wrestlers will just, you know, they'll be doing these, these things t- to get their, their repetitions in, and then that means you can lose without like losing any sort of reputation, cause nobody cares if a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle loses a match, although they got super popular, so then they did care.
2: Yeah, like they were some of the most over guys in IWRG for about a year there. It was really interesting.
3: Yeah, it was super weird, but (laughs) awesome. But that's the list. I mean, uh, Miranda, did you have any thoughts on, on anyone on this
1: list? No, I think it's, like you mentioned, it's very interesting to have some more recognized names um, and then also, as I guess, you know, you could also call, call it some deep, deep cuts, uh, yes. of people that are not as familiar. And I hope that everyone gets a, a great surge of interest from this. And it also does leave you wondering, you know, how, if these could happen. Um, and if so, what does that look like? So I think it's just a very yeah. interesting thing. And for Phoenix to have his own list, of who he wants to wrestle like this, I think it's still phenomenal. It shows that for a man who's wrestled everywhere against some of the top names in wrestling, there's still something more he wants to do.
3: But and what I like about this is it's not uh so a lot of a lot of wrestlers will have a list of people they want to wrestle, and it's usually people on the other end of the spectrum. They want to yeah. wrestle like we talked about yeah. homicide wanting to check out to have that uh, being excited for that LA park cuz that's that was one of the the matches he'd always wanted to do but uh phoenix is is uh talk, calling out these young guys he's calling out guys that are on the path that he was on 4 or 5 years ago and uh that's just that that is more interesting. And the Internet is buzzing about that part of it, too. They, they, there's nothing but positivity about this list. And just by being on this list, uh Latigo and Kilcordon's brand has gone up and they very, exactly. it very easily could be all over the American Indies in 2022, because, uh, you know, I, if I were a booker. I would put them on the card just so that people would think maybe this is the time Phoenix shows up and calls them, and you have that surprise match, right?
2: Yeah. So- very cool.
3: <laughs> so that that is uh, our, our road back, our, our very brief road back to shows. There is a number of stories that we uh, just – don't have time for. So if you're if you're if you're listening and thinking, why didn't they talk about this my, this thing or that thing that we saw this week? uh Patience. We will probably talk about many of those things on next week's Road Back to Shows. Um, I'm going to bring us over to the Indie Roundup. I can hear Miranda wanting to talk, but I'm going to introduce you because you're doing the Indie Roundup this week.
1: I didn't know I uh, was doing this. <laughs> So I was wow, as well. Like,
3: nope. That's why I'm just telling you how it is. We're going to the <laughs> indie roundup. But uh Miranda's the one who was at the Mass Republic show. So uh Miranda, you have results from the Agua Caliente Mass Republic show.
1: Yes. Uh Mass Republic <laughs> sponsored Viva La Lucha was held this past Saturday, September September December. <laughs> 11th over at the Agua Caliente Casinos in Cathedral City, California. Uh, a big thank you to the Agua Caliente Casinos, uh, the Cathedral City, uh, Tribal Council and Tribal Members, um, and everyone involved in putting this together, including the team at Mass Republic to put on a great show. Uh, quick results and kind of a few highlights. Uh, we had, first off, First off, the, uh, tag team, uh, match of Huracan Negro and Commander 1 versus Nightmare Azteca and Guerrero Imperial. Uh, that was won by Nightmare Azteca and Guerrero Imperial. Uh, up next, uh, we had a featured match from, uh, those, uh, from Pro Wrestling Revolution, uh, a four group, uh, Set of luchadores, um, all from Pro Wrestling Revolution. And some of these names may sound familiar. We had, uh, the tag team of El Cucuy and Diablo Azteca versus El Gavilan and Viento. And that match was won by El Gavilan and Viento. Uh, El Gavilan and Viento had an amazing reception as, as your baby faces. Yeah. Um, also very impressive, um, Match, two by El Cucuy
3: and Diablo Azteca. Uh, El Cucuy was the winner of the scramble match yes. that the PWR mm-hmm. show we we covered. So he's going to go on to Mexico. So if you were there and saw this, that guy is someone to keep your eye on. But they're all, like, Viento is always super popular. Oh,
1: yeah. Viento <laughs> was super over. Same thing with El Gavilan. Yeah. Uh, both were, you know, really, you know, some of the biggest baby face pops of the of the whole night. Uh, up next in our third match, we had a mixed tag match. Uh, Damian 666 teaming up with Reina Isis versus Amazona and Gentleman Jarvis. Uh, Damien Six 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 as a legend of Lucha Libre, of hardcore <sighs> wrestling, and Reina Isis, Arena Isis, um, kind of making a, a surprise. Uh, she was not advertised for the show, but, uh, she ended up being Damien's uh, partner. Um, and they actually won their match against Amazona and Gentleman Jervis. Um, but a big sign of respect between all four members at the end of the match. Well,
3: I mean, uh- can't have a gentleman jervis match without an attempt at a handshake at the end
1: yes yes well and there was that in the beginning but gentleman jervis though also was very nervous uh around damien um because I, as he should he was be very very scary he <laughs> he's very
3: a scary. very scary man yes <laughs> sorry keep going
1: no 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 it, it was that was the exact reaction that gentleman jervis had when he got into the ring uh, our, our fourth match, our semi-main event was actually a somewhat of a rematch of what we had at the previous show, a triple threat match versus Ray Leon, Super Astro Jr., and Psychosis psychosis won this match however at the end of the match uh he got into some words with super astro jr in which they had pretty much had the same words at the end of last show which led to this rematch uh originally super astro jr won this original triple threat um however psychosis was upset because he did technically didn't lose uh, so he wanted to have this other opportunity in which he won. Afterwards, they had some words and had another match in which Super Astro or Psychosis and Super Astro had a one-on-one match in which Super Astro won. So it feels like there is this continued feud between Psychosis and Super Astro Jr. Um, that maybe we'll see again um, at the next Viva La Lucha show and possibly of a one-on-one match, an actual, you know, long-stretched one-on-one match, but gonna, I mean, uh, yeah.
3: I'm going to add to the hype train on this. This is, we've talked about this a couple times with different interviews as well as just our personal experience. This is how the long programs that they do for, uh, that end in apuestas matches mm-hmm. happen. They start with... With a couple of tag team matches, some uh, lots of interviews that happen in between, and it can be stretched out over the course of a year. Uh, Cicosis has teased that he wants to retire soon, so an Apuestas match would not be uh, would not be out of line. And he's a big, mm-hmm. he, he and Ruben uh, from Mass Republic are really good friends, so putting that on a Mass Republic show is not some not something that is uh, out of bounds for him. So just you know. I don't I I don't know if that's what Mass Republic's doing, but just hearing the way you're talking about the booking, that's what we you know I'm gonna add to this hype train, make people mm-hmm. go to these shows.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Our final match, the main event, was a tag team match. Uh, your NWA World Tag Team Champions, Bestia 666 and Mecha Wolf faced the father and son team of Felino and Felino Junior. Now this match ended up uh, much more on the outside of the ring than any of the other matches that we had, especially when you have Best 666 and Mecca Wolf. Uh they took the action outside of the ring, a trash can was involved, the chairs, uh it was getting very heated. Uh but the team of Felino and Felino Junior won. Um and became you know, uh, uh, the winners uh, of this main event. Um, and so that was the Mass Republic sponsored Viva La Lucha Libre. Uh, a great time, uh, an amazing, very fun show. Um, again, thank you to Cathedral City and the Agua Caliente Casinos. Um, and hopefully a, a return sometime in 2022 uh, to the Agua Caliente Casinos. Tickets for this were only it was only 10 bucks. Yeah. Uh, plus a $5 credit to the casino, uh, to gamble. So literally, I mean, you could have even, you know, made money by going to the show, which, which <laughs> very few people ever do going to wrestling shows, even wrestlers. That's, true. Uh, <laughs> That's so true. So, yeah, uh, wrestlers. yes, <laughs> yes. So, for those stay tuned, uh, follow Master Republic on social media because yeah. that is going to be the first place that uh, a future show will be announced. Uh, make sure to follow all of us on social media and we'll share that information as well at the end. Uh, but make sure you are following Mass Republic and stay tuned to see if another Viva La Lucha show will be happening in Cathedral City in 2022. Um, uh, you have, yeah.
3: I just want to, again, I'm going to, you, uh, you heard some teasers that Mass Republic is planning more things in 2022. Maybe not mm-hmm. just in Cathedral City. We don't need to drop details, but uh uh you can confirm that there there has been planets. yes so i can keep confirm your ears open without for that.
1: yeah saying <laughs> saying it without saying it uh but the news was shared over this weekend that mass republic is looking to do multiple events um through in 2022 not just what we know so far um, more to come. Um, and they are planning to make, um sure, announcements, um, within 2022 about what those look like. Not just these shows in Cathedral City, but in other locations, but also Expo. These Lucha. Shows, yeah. Expo Colucha, <laughs> shows in, in Cathedral City. So if for any reason you can't make one or the other, or if you're really starting to, uh, go to events again, keep your eye, and your ears on Mass Republic.
3: Yeah. And you said you didn't have any work this week.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it just shifted into a different, different, uh, place. I was, I was busy on Saturday. So that's why when we get to a certain, uh, promotion, uh, that had a very big Saturday, I'll have more limited, uh, thoughts and information because I, uh, unfortunately was not watching it in real time, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, but, yes, uh, as always, of course, make sure you're support- supporting your local independent wrestling scene uh, by attending shows or buying merchandise or just following them on social media. Sometimes the best way to support a promotion does not cost a dime. Um, but going to and following them on social media, sharing their posts, um, those little things that you can do is a great way to support independent wrestling. Absolutely. Um, that is the Indie Roundup for this week. As Brendan mentioned, next week we'll likely have some more information for you, so make sure you stay tuned to that. And it's that time of the show where we now kick it off to Denise Alcedo, who brings us this week's Aluja Central Central.
3: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com?
5: TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan
0: and pro wrestling with special guests and listener call-ins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in mexico thursdays it's straight out of the bodega with papo esco and pwr promoter gabriel ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly podcasts, one in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name
1: Hello and welcome back to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is Miranda Morales being joined, of course, by Dusty. And at this time, we have a wonderful interview ahead uh, with someone that uh, we have recently discovered that I think you guys are going to be very interested in learning more about. Let me ask you a a question, audience. Are you looking for an adventure? One that takes you to the world of lucha libre, monsters, gangsters in the streets of Mexico City, perhaps? One that involves the voices of real pro wrestlers? One that you can listen to on all major podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts? Well, we have the ticket for you. Please welcome the host of The Luchador, A Thousand Fights of El Fuego Fuerte, Dan Valero Fletcher. Dan, welcome to the show.
5: Hi. Hey, thanks for having me. Wow. That is the biggest introduction I've ever gotten for the show. Yes.
1: Thank you so much. We, we go big here. Absolutely. Yeah. In, in the legend or two of Lucha Libre, we know that, you know, anuncios or announcements are very big. Uh, but that's also because you have a very big podcast i mean it is such an elaborate series of stories um and we're very excited to talk with you today
5: thank you yeah yeah, yeah no we yeah we left nothing on the table
1: yes <laughs> well, real quick so for our fans who may not be familiar with uh the luchador a thousand fights of el fuego fuerte can you explain uh the format of the show and, and what's it like
5: Sure. Yeah. It's uh yeah. So it's a uh, it's an audio drama podcast. If n- no one's ever heard that uh, one of those before, it's almost like an old timey radio play, if you think of something like that. Or basically, it's it's a movie or a TV show that you listen to. And so we have like a full cast um, playing original characters, and each episode tells a little part of a story. And uh, yeah, we currently have a full our full first season is available to listen to now. Um, it's five episodes, easily bingeable. And, uh, yeah, and it tells the story of El Fuego Fuerte, who is the heroic champion of Mexico City, um, who does battle against an ancient menace from the days of the Aztec Empire, who uh, come back and uh, start to befoul his precious Mexico City. And uh, (laughs) that's just the beginning. Mysterious. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: How were you able to assemble such a wide group of wrestling talent and lucha talent to appear as characters on your podcast?
5: Yeah, uh yeah. We have uh some really, really awesome folks um who lent their voices to yeah. the project. Um if if folks are wrestling fans out there or lucha fans out there, we got folks like uh Lucha uh from AEW, Colt Cabana, Effie, uh Big Calix, uh Lufisto, uh and, and a couple I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Um a Ravens, Cabana. Uh, <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh man, yeah. So it's really cool. I mean, honestly, uh we just cast a wide net, just far and wide, um just hunted down who we could and just laid the idea before them. Um you know, we reached out to some people and they're like, "Uh, no, thank you." But but like, you know, so so many of these guys were like, "Oh my gosh, that sounds so cool." Um you know, many of them were making their voice acting debuts. And, um, you know, I, I everyone I, I'm super, super joyous about like the performances we we got out of them. Um, they were all very game. I, th- I think there's something about wrestlers, um, you know, whether you're working under a mask or not, that like, you know, they're they're so eager to, you know, stretch themselves and try uh, try new things. And it was uh, it was a real treat to work with them. So. You,
3: you were working with them, uh, you were doing more of a traditional, like, like, a a, a, role, a radio drama role with this. So did, how, did you have any interesting conversations with that? Like, you know, you're going to be playing the mayor of the city, uh, you know, not really a role, a uh, wrestling role, but, uh, how do you feel about that kind of, were, were there any fun conversations like that?
5: Yeah, it was good. Um, de- definitely the, the best one we had was with um, Dan Danhausen, who plays a, <laughs> a gangster, a, a, you know, a, a two-bit thug named Diego Denos, And... Um, Kind of came to us it, it like yeah like you know what we have like these different medias so you're gonna be paired with a guy that has like kind of a big boomy voice and so we kind of want you to be like you know the little guy his like oh like Bugs Bunny I'm like yes exactly <laughs> 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 the big guys like, I can't remember their name Morocco it doesn't but like old Bugs Bunny Looney, Looney Tunes cartoons and he's like yes that it, <laughs> do that it was great but everyone, everyone was really great and like you know i i let them loose for the most part and just kind of give them notes like hey we got like a little bit here a little a little bit there um effie was super super great to work with um they yeah like uh i think we we, we talked about like think like more like almost like a uh, like like you know, like oh, like I mentioned old timey radio shows. Like, you know, this I i feel like the format plays really well into into classic film. I'm I'm a huge film nerd, and I went to went to film school and all that. Um and um so I, I so for Effie it was it was like, oh like think of like, you know, old like you know, kinda like Catherine Hepburn uh comedies, like those like kind of mid Atlantic screwball comedies kind of bring that energy to it. And <laughs> Effie just like picked up on it like that and it was, it was like really right so uh yeah i i I think we i i think maybe it was just a natural melding of the folks who reacted to the material and who wanted to be a part of it and it just it just worked out
4: great
1: well, you mentioned your love of movies and you specifically cite this show being inspired by uh, 1970s Mexican movies um, with, of course, you know, for referencing like El Santo. When did you discover these types of movies and when did that uh, love of those movies play a role in, in deciding to convert that into a podcast?
5: Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember exactly when I first discovered them. I, I know. Um, so I'm, I'm, a third generation, I think Mexican American. I very know you count that, but, um, but I, I remember like, you know, my grandfather would, would have them on TV in the background like every now and then, and they just kind of just kind of worm their way into the back of my imagination. And, um, I learned about a lot, um, uh, you know, as a film nerd, you know, I, I, I very much admire Guillermo del Toro, um, all the stuff that he does. And I know it's a special fascination of his as well. Um, and, uh, they, there was this touring, uh, museum exhibit of all the, the weird accoutrements that Guillermo del Toro keeps in his house. If, if you, anyone's familiar with him, he has this kind of like, like real life haunted mansion that he keeps all these like old <laughs> film artifacts in and um as part of it he was he, they displayed um some of his his lucha libre stuff that he owns and he uh actually filmed a short film in the style of a classic El santo film um that was played in the background of uh, that vampire tv show he did the strain and so they had it playing there as part of this exhibit and um, you can see it And like it, it was that and then the you know the really mundane part is um you know i used to live in los angeles had a lot of a lot of long long commutes i got uh you know uh <laughs> I, I got a free free trial of sirius xm radio and one day i just flipped over onto like the classic radio channel they have on there and i'm like oh man this is so fun and it, fe- it feels like a really you know un unexploited avenue for storytelling and i don't know if somewhere somewhere in the back of my mind those two little worms kind of connected up with each other and like gonna do a <laughs> gonna do a radio <laughs> play about uh, luchadors why not well why not yeah yeah it's one of those things like you know it's it's definitely like you know make make the thing that you want to see in the world mm-hmm. and i'm like if i didn't make this like like i i i i, I looked first to make sure like is, is anyone doing this like um like you know why why it has like you know the long title like luchador El Fuerte, is originally you know the just the second half was the title and I'm like, yeah, because I'm sure there's a hundred Luchador podcasts out there. But like, nope, it's the only one. <laughs> we'll, we'll be, we'll be yeah. the Luchador
1: podcast. You've cornered the market on it.
4: Exactly. Yep.
2: What and, were yeah. some of the more unique opportunities and challenges that have come from doing a radio-style serial drama via podcast that might not be readily apparent to listeners of your show and to listeners of our show?
5: Yeah, I think it's it's making sure you're you're conveying information as clearly as possible um you know we we luckily or or lazily you know have, have the crush <laughs> of having a narrator um the wonderful alexander Matute. um and uh so so we, we can we can lean on that but it, but it's very it, like it's so important that in like you know we, and we test it really Really thoroughly with um, some some of our you know friends and family who are who are early listeners um to make sure that the information is, is getting across and like you know the big feedback I always got is like oh it's how how do you make a wrestling match um, you know interesting to listen to um, um, and 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 it's something that I, I think i I just kind of naturally clicked onto early on is like oh you know like so much of wrestling actually is listening like you know you're listening to the announcers you're listening to um you know the vocalizations that wrestlers do in the match you listen to the crowd and so so much of that goes into the story of the match versus the athleticism of it and i'm like okay i just i just need to need to just like turn that like you know i i I, I would i would watch matches like i'd watch some of my old favorite matches and just like close my eyes and just listen to it and see how the story kind of comes through
3: that's actually something I still do, like a lot of the time while I'm, uh, air quotes around this, watching wrestling, I'll just be listening to what's happening. Uh, it does give me a much kind of better pulse of, uh, the, the energy in the room and all of that. So uh, that's, I, I feel like it translated very well in your, your podcast. Uh, speaking of the energy in the room though, uh, I'm I'm assuming that uh, 2020 presented some interesting things on this, but was your original idea to have everybody in the room, or did you always know you were gonna probably have to do kind of spread out and and piece it together?
5: Yeah, I, I think we always planned like when when we first had the idea to to have the real wrestlers involved. I I figured that would be the the big hook to to kind of get them interested. In, like, hey, you can do this. You know, from your hotel room on the road, um, you know, for a lot of these guys, um, uh, guys and ladies, you know, we, we actually mailed the microphones, uh, to, to use, so, you know, wherever, wherever they wanted to record from. But, uh, we actually did a hybrid model where, um, a lot, we did a bunch of recording actually pre pandemic to kind of give you a, a scale of, of how long it took to put this guy together. <laughs> um where where we recorded with, you know, a lot of folks in the room at the same time. Um like and and then like our our actor who plays Fuerte, um Jeff, he uh, he's actually in um, in Texas, and all the other recording was done in Los Angeles. So we we do things kind of asynchronously, where you know one person would be recording, we'd have um, folks in the room do the other voices, but um, we would then sometimes have them play against each other um just like out of out of time and a little bit but you know like all all the vampires all recorded together the whole time um maria and lobo for the for those who've listened to the show uh, recorded together the whole time um and, and and it's funny so like i i think and i think that um that really helps kind of tie it all together where i i think that you can't really tell who necessarily who was in the room without who it was, uh, yeah <laughs> and um and yeah and and then even and to cover that the base a little bit more we would also do um uh, rehearsals where um, we would have um like uh yeah uh, the ash who played lobo and jeff who played Forte had like multiple um just phone calls we do where like i'd be on the phone with them and they'd run through scenes together and then record separately and you know, if I was more technically adept, we could have done it all the same. But like, you know, we did a lot of stuff in you know, <laughs> studios. <laughs> and uh, but you know, I, I think we 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 learned we learned a lot of things that I think will make our subsequent episodes and seasons a little more streamlined. But it was uh, definitely like wild west in terms of like what audio we were picking up from where. It's always a process.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: One of the interesting things that I found of the show, one of the bigger themes was how Lucha Libre is explained, very much intertwining explaining a rudo versus a technical and even locker room etiquette, the significance of masks, family history. Can you explain how you were able to seamlessly incorporate into that show and, and maybe why that was important to incorporate in the show?
5: um yeah i mean it's it's always you know like i i think uh we're what like i i'm I'm glad you saw it as seamlessly i i was worried at times that we're we're over so many things but i but i I wanted to make sure the show was as accessible for as many as many folks as possible because i knew the you know the amount of folks out there who regularly listen to audio dramas who are fans of wrestling who are fans of lucha libre um, you know that that's a very small Venn diagram, and I wanted to um, try to stretch that as much as possible, and um, and just make it really clear, kind of like what the what the boundaries of the worlds are, so that we could then play within them. So like as you see, you know, if we firmly establish what a technico is, what a rudo is, and then we see how the characters brush up against these archetypes that we've established, the audience kind of uh, knows what we're doing a little bit. Um, and then also just to make sure, just that we're establishing the rules of our world, um, so that if, uh, anything is horribly inaccurate to how Lucha Libre is done today, um, <laughs> we won't get in trouble for it. Well, yeah, oh, this is it's a fictional world where, yeah, you where know, different, uh, things are established.
1: Well, I I did find it seamless and I think as something, especially as, as we as a podcaster also trying to incorporate that as well to, uh, you know, reach out and branch out to a wider audience. I think being able to set that up in dialogue and the explanations of things, like even the concept, it was particularly in the first episode when, uh, Fuego Fuerte was eating with the mayor and he talked about how he has his eating mask and having different masks for different occasions. And it's something that really flew over my head until it was presented in that way and even just as more of an avid wrestling fan that stuck with me so i think the way that it was incorporated into dialogue and scenes made it so easy to understand but also part of the narrative
5: yeah thank you yeah no that's really cool. that that definitely is something we did research the idea of the dining mask yes <laughs> no, 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 no.
4: Right. I in did there.
1: not know. That's, that's that's a fun fact that I will be sharing at on my holiday parties uh, this <laughs> year, so thank you for that.
2: We've kind of touched on some of the people in the show and, and the things going on with the show, but are there going to be any guest appearances on the show, like any, any special guests, any secret – you know, like you don't have to drop any names, but are there mm-hmm. going to be appearances – that we will be surprised to see or be excited to see when they pop up.
5: Oh, yes. Yeah, we're we're still yes. in early days um, for season two. So so what so what's happening? So season one is finished. It's out there for folks to enjoy. Um, we uh, have started a Patreon. We're going to be releasing some small uh, one off episodes that kind of expand the world a little bit for our uh, Patreon uh, subscribers and, cool. um, we're, and then we're, uh, deep, deep in the, in the pre-production process on season two. Um, oh, yeah, we've, we've, we've talked to at least, uh, at least one wrestler so far, uh, who I, I think folks will love to see, but, uh, but we, we've had it, we've had a lot, a running list of every, of everyone we're going to be reaching out to and, and talking to. And, um, it's, it's, it's really great out there. Just like how, um, how, e- how open a lot of these folks are, um, to, to conversations about, um, about these projects. So, like, you know, you see people on, you know, like Colt Cabana, like Luchasaurus on like weekly TV, and they're like, hey, just a little, a little project that like, you know, no one had listened to that we hadn't recorded a single episode for. They were like, yeah, let's do it.
2: That's um, so cool. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, man.
5: Oh, yeah. I, I wish, I mean, there, it's definitely, definitely too early to talk
2: about any names. Right. People, but, uh, but we so, have, um, so this will oh. be season by season so you're going to keep building the world rather than kind of like a self-contained season or an anthology style this will keep expanding on the storyline
5: in in a way it, it's it's well yeah uh, yes um so it like our goal is to have each season be self-contained i think um you know like the indiana jones movies i think are, are a really good um, benchmark oh, yeah that's where, a great example Mm-hmm. yeah where we want um so like our second season, um I, I think we we mentioned at the end of the of the first season is gonna be moving to like an entirely new location. They're gonna be up on this uh what was called the Forbidden Mountain up in the the Sierra Madres of Mexico, and um it'll be a whole new story with some characters that um that we're familiar with, and their their relationships will grow and evolve from what happened in season one. But we're going to be very cognizant of making sure that if folks want to listen to season two first and then they go back to listen to season one, that is totally okay.
3: That's that sounds great. Um, I so being being kind of a fan of old luchador movies and the aesthetics as well, I you're kind of leading leading me into this question. Uh, you chose a very specific classic lucha foe in the first one in mm-hmm. in vampires um first uh, so it's a two-part question how what was the decision-making process on on choosing that because there's a world of thing of story options you could have taken and then uh Mm -hmm. can you drop any hints about what sort of uh threats we might face in season two
5: okay okay yes um i will (laughs) i will say that yeah so like yeah why we went with uh with the vampires in the first one um yeah there is you know El Santo contra las mujeres vampiro, which mm-hmm. I've always been confused about the um, the grammar of. My I, <laughs> Spanish is a second language to me. Um, I uh my family was raised uh, not letting us uh, speak Spanish at home, so it's it's been something I've, I've been picking up later in life. But um, yeah, like the um, yeah like vampires, I, I think it's it's a really you know it, it's a really sticky idea everyone everyone knows what a vampire is so like that gets him in the door and then i just think the legend of the you know or the the mythology the um the history of, of the siwatateo is is fascinating and it's it's a it's a fun twist on a known subject and i thought that like oh that's a perfect way to get to get him in the door because um, definitely something I've learned is like you know like if you're going to be introducing people to a very complicated world, you want the story to be as straightforward as possible. And like you know like you listen to the story, it is you know it's it's a it's a guy solving a mystery, hunting down some monsters, and they they have a big showdown at the end. Um, but like because you're 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 feeling comfortable as you're kind of going along that story, we can introduce new ideas, new um, riffs on characters new kind of complications to character relationships um that if you're trying to follow like a really twisty um i don't know uh, like uh like the matrix or something wh- that you're like you'll you'll be totally lost trying trying to like listen along to that mm-hmm. um and then um in season two i will say that i do not believe uh uh Maybe someone will prove me wrong, but I do not believe this is who they'll be facing is a is a foe that any wrestler has faced before in a in a classic film. But it is a existing South American cryptid will be the the primary, the primary foe in season
1: two. Awesome. Uh. I'm I'm glad yeah. you clarified because I was gonna say robots, and then when you uh, added that, I was like, okay, not robots. Um,
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I I keep telling my 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 producing partner, who I'm, and we're writing season two together, um, is that like you know season 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 three, um, you know well, I well, I would say what season three is gonna be because we have ideas for season three, but then season four is gonna be in space. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Love I, I
5: got buy-in from any of my other collaborators on that
1: yet. It has <laughs> to happen. We do have to wait a few seasons for it, but the fact that we're going to space is amazing. The space First race. The Lutador <laughs> <York> space <laughs> race. Um gosh, that's all oh, that's really fun. <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> You've talked a bit already about the influence of 1970s Mexican Lucha Libre films in the the entire framework of this show. Were there any specific luchadors that helped inspire any of your characters?
5: Oh yeah, I mean, uh, El Santo, El Santo and Fuerte are, are very much uh, hand in hand. Um, I and, and and definitely not not necessarily, you know, the man beneath the mask, or um, or even El, El Santo's direct career, but I but playing with with the idea of that of that weight of that responsibility of kind of being. That icon being that representative of, of so much and still being a real kind of flesh and, and, and what interests me is the idea of being that real flesh and blood person underneath the mask and how you kind of reconcile those two ideas. Um, so yeah, those, those two are very similar. Lobo, Lobo, for those who've listened, he's, there's a little bit of Eddie Guerrero in there. Oh, and, and um, and the... then. And then a little bit of of the um you know of, of the of the Blue Demon El Santo because because Blue yes. Demon was yes. Rudo for most of his yeah, career. Yeah, that
1: contract. Yep, you could tell that.
5: Yeah, I think that's really fun. Um, oh, there's some other folks who were who were pretty close. Oh, well, there um, there oh I mean. I, Try not to spoil anything, or or not to spoil anything, or or step on any any further relationships. But I'll but I'll say, uh, L- Lorena Blanca is definitely based on a um, a contemporary luchadora who um, many folks have seen, and might have it might have uh, appeared on a very recent uh, lucha libre pay per view in Mexico.
1: Oh, I
3: see, I see.
1: I had um, a I, the voice was one where I was like, is that and then uh-huh. I was like, no, no, no. But then I was like, w-? It, it gave me a, yeah. a bit of that vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. The voice, the voice uh, is is Lufisto. She's she's an amazing um, luchadora, Canadian uh, wrestler, um, and she, she did an awesome job with it. And I don't I don't know if she was trying to channel the other person or not. But that's too much.
1: That's the beauty of the creative process, <laughs>
2: right? <laughs> So mm-hmm. do you have a, a favorite luchador? Like, you know, in your own fandom of lucha libre?
5: Hmm. Favorite. I um I'll say um the ones who are heard, I right right now today, the, the one who is who has just given me just so much joy in, in everything he does is Penta El Cerro Seromieto.
2: Yes. And, <laughs> so good.
5: Uh he, he has that that complete intangible um that, um, that vocabulary, judges that connection to the crowd that purely mm-hmm. through, through body language, um, through, through timing, through posturing, through, through his moveset, that, that really just draws you in, um, just a hundred percent. And you're, and you're just fully invested in him, even though, <laughs> you know, he looks nothing like, you know, you uh, know, <laughs> a person you'd see on the street. Um, it's just, just incredible. Absolutely. Uh, I
3: would, <laughs> I would uh, not want to meet him on the street, to be. <laughs> yeah, like that's a, At dark, least in a alley. dark alley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think, think alike.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Gaddy, scaredy cats are scared of the same things. A lot of. times. <laughs> 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 they are. Oh,
5: I'm sure he's a sweetheart.
3: I, I'm positive yeah. he must be. i found that to be true. Uh, the more terrifying they are in the ring. The, the nicer they seem to be when I talk to them so yeah <laughs> uh I'm just gonna just gonna follow in on a in a similar thing that so when you were researching and you you were watching the modern product were you watching uh Mexican prod, prod uh not podcasts I'm sorry that stuck in my head were you watching Mexican product were you watching American product were you watching a bit of both uh where did
4: you kind
5: of dip into for this? Yeah, a, a bit of both. Um, like I've, I've been checking in with with Triple and CMLL as much as I could. It's a little harder to 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 get a hold of. Um, big shout out to um, uh, if, I, I can't remember the name of John was behind it, but Lucha Blog. <laughs>
3: Lucha Blog, yeah. Yep. He's a he's a big yeah. asset for getting yeah, get out of for so. getting that oh,
5: stuff out the there.
3: We shout it yeah. out frequently.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of the American product, like I, I have been a wrestling fan for for decades. Um, you know, obviously I'll I'll dip out here and there and and, and dip back in as <laughs> things in the fall. But like I, you know, I mean definitely I've been I've been watching AEW religiously, um kind of since its launch. um I I, I love you know I, I think they've they've done such a great job of showing different lucha talent, different Mexican talent um it's really great i'm very excited i j- just just uh, to brag a little bit i'm going to uh their event next week and oh, uh so winter cool. is coming and uh oh, and, yeah and, Texas. Oh, and i'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> so excited
2: have you been to aw
5: before yes yeah my wife and i were like so yeah fun. yeah yeah, we were version. able to go this summer. Uh, we saw the, uh, so, I, so I'm in, in Austin, Texas these days.
2: I was there. I went to Fighter Fest.
5: Oh, holy cow. Okay, we yeah, were both. Very there. Cool. Oh, yeah. what, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: what a show. The thread. Yeah, I'm in Kansas City, but we drove down for it. It was oh. amazing. Such a great show. Most fun I've ever had at a wrestling show.
4: Yes.
5: Yeah, no, my, yeah, my wife, who, um, who actually does the, um, the credits at the end of each episode, um, she, is, she is, you know, will never profess to be, you know, the world's biggest wrestling fan, um, but she had a blast. So, like, AEW has done so much to to kind of reinvigorate the product and, like, be able to bring in folks who had kind of given up on, on what wrestling can be.
1: Well, that kind of leads me to, uh, I I hope you consider an interesting question and maybe very <laughs> random, but there's yeah. a lot of fans out there that voice their opinions loudly about the state of professional wrestling and, you know, maybe some of their displeasure of, you know, storylines or how talents are utilized. We do it on the show. So we're, mm. we're not here to call anybody out in particular, mm-hmm. But as someone who is a fan of wrestling and someone who is a writer, you know, if you were given the pencil on a particular – storyline or luchador you know how would you possibly rewrite them or change something about them right now in their current context because i feel like as fans that's what we try and do but we don't always articulate very well um and i feel like maybe you may be able to to do the best of of both articulate it and write someone pretty darn good
5: oh yeah well i mean okay number one um, i'm not and i'm definitely not a um I, I don't take sides in the war between like, you know, AEW or WWE or anything like that. Um, obviously WWE is, is a corporate product that's been around for a longer time and there's like a lot more public things you can kind of nitpick about them. Um, so I'm not, I'm not ragging on WWE in general, yeah. Yeah. but holy cow, <laughs> why does Dominic Mysterio mm. not wear a mask?
2: Yeah. Right? We have talked about
1: this on the show. Yes,
2: like, we are, we, yeah. He should. We think maybe that they're going to have like a mask versus mask match where Dominic actually assumes the mask after he wins it. That's my theory. My son and I have decided that's where they're going. But, uh, <laughs> who knows?
3: Right, right for WWE. On yes. The show, so.
2: We give them <laughs> ideas all the time. If they. Yeah those ass never use them
4: yes
1: yeah yeah we, we share them they don't use it it's a vicious cycle so we just keep on going with it
5: yeah no it's like you talk talking about like the, the legacy of lucha labor the the idea you know you, you, you pass the names down you pass the mass down and then like what like there that there's just such a missed opportunity there and you know, poor I, I mean like i i, I think that um Dominic Mysterio is doing really, really great, especially for his age, and he's been given an amazing opportunity um, to perform on, on this on this big thing. But it's like, oh, they're still doing them this this huge disservice by, you know, not um, not making part of the thing. And the same same thing with, uh, yeah, like on NXT, uh, Santos Escobar, Legado de Fantasma. Right. Like, I I don't know. Like, it's I know. it's. I know. It, <laughs> it goes all the way back to oh, w- you get WCW un- unmasking Rey Mysterio with like no fanfare whatsoever. Like it's,
2: oh. yeah, and to Nash of all people, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man,
3: They uh <laughs> which and they they had less of an excuse on that one because they mm-hmm. had they had such influence on bringing the lucha libre culture to Mex- to from mexico to america and they still did it that way so mm-hmm. uh you you've reminded me of the unfortunate history of the lucha <laughs> libre experience in the united mm-hmm. states
5: well okay and, and what <laughs> if, if, if i could do one more uh, for anyone who's listened to lucha podcast um, this would be no surprise. If I could do anything to change the landscape of, of the real world of professional wrestling right now, I would bring back Lucha Underground. So yeah. That, um, yeah. 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 I, I, I am, so, so part, part of, you know, Luchador 1000 Fights of El Fuego Fuerte is, you know, me vicariously living that, that world where, um, you know, kind of Mexican culture, Lucha culture and real wrestling kind of live side by side. Uh, it was, it was yeah. so
4: good yeah. had
5: that <laughs> had to have been a sweet spot for
3: for a fan like you I know it was for me yeah uh,
5: and I, and I know there's rumors and stuff but i I don't know
3: I haven't heard anything substantive yeah. well, well we're we're about to get a little closer to that that's something yes. we're going to cover on this week's podcast Ooh, but, uh, yes, There sir. is there is a more definitive Shape to those rumors now. Uh,
5: <laughs> if they need any more writing, <laughs> yeah.
1: You should throw your head out there. We'll we'll give you more details afterwards. We're gonna save yeah. the show, but when we get offline, we'll tell you and then you
4: know
1: we'll we'll plant the seeds. Okay.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> um, I'm just gonna jump in here because this we uh, you've mentioned now that you live. Now in Texas and you talked about being in LA for this. On the show we have a we have a term where we describe two very different styles of Lugili, which is hmm. the Texas style and the California style. Oh wow. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> like for instance, uh, Pinta is more Texas style, Phoenix is more California style. Exactly. Ooh. Uh, so
3: first, I was gonna ask if you if you had noticed anything like that. It already sounds like you haven't. But, uh... No, I have not, No, I want to. I, I've, I've
5: unfortunately, you know, given given the state of the world, not had as many opportunities to check out um, independent wrestling out here. Uh, there haven't been as many shows. I know um, Thunder Rose has been putting on a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um But it's 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 just it just hasn't worked out with my schedule, unfortunately. Right. But one one of those days I'm I'm, I'm going to make it. But um, that's very interesting. I, I I'm actually never if you've already broken down on the show multiple
4: times. I... Well, no, we can do yeah, it for you. Yeah, here.
1: yeah. And it's more <laughs> uh just a general thing that we noticed uh regarding and this also could be more of the location uh of the proximity they are to Mexico, but California, especially with how they. They seem to train is more high flyer, fast pace style. I mean, one of the the legendary California Luchadors is Rey Mysterio. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people associate, um, you know, Six One Nine and Rey Mysterio and the high flyers with California. Whereas Texas in general has more of a brawler style, uh, but tend to be more hardcore, more hard hitting when you think of someone like a Tejano or Tejano Junior, more cowboy uh, and and less high flying and more brawler style. So that's how we've defined those kind of two camps. I'm sure there's more out there, but that's kind of a division that we've distinguished when we talk about those two different styles of Lucha Libre.
5: Okay, all right. I'm I'm going to now be watching watching (laughs) with that with that in mind.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's it's also again just also how people are trained, but I'm. Guessing, and that's more of where Dusty and Brendan can help me out with also the proximity mm-hmm. of, of how close they are to Mexico. Um, whereas, you know, California is closer to Tijuana. That's more of a showman type of place. Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah. the border towns in Texas are a little bit more, I, I don't know about traditional, but definitely more. Cowboy culture. Cowboy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Terry
2: Funk figures into a lot of that. (laughs) He's a legend in Amarillo. He's a legend in El Paso. The Funk brothers, their dad. Like the Funks were the thing on those border towns, especially the US sides. And it heavily influenced the Lucha Libre style in there. Like it's a it's a harder, it's a meaner, it's more map based, it's more aggressive. It's less showy and more violent. It's yeah, it's it's more uh, animalistic, I guess you'd kind of say in a way too. Mm -hmm. It really goes back to kind of the older style, and it's yeah, really exciting. Okay, oh, very cool.
3: And obviously that high flying style, super exciting. That is kind of what re the definition for a lot of American fans. You know that Rey Mysterio, Secosas view from ECW is. Kind of my my biggest definition of that California high flying, big moves sort of style. So I would I don't want to I don't want to make it sound like we're biased to one side or the other, but we hmm. use those to kind of def- help define the feel of a match for people who weren't there. So that's you know.
5: Yeah, that's good. I, I mean, like I I have adapted well to enjoy tex matches as much as I enjoyed my. Like, <laughs> my, my, <laughs> max,
4: my, my, my
5: uh, it, it's different. It's 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 different, but it both it yeah. both brings out amazing things. You know, I can get great queso out here. I can't get a good shrimp taco to save my life.
4: <laughs> Correct, <laughs> right? I, am, I believe that. I am
5: not shocked by this revelation. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh
3: shit,
2: that close, but still too far.
3: I I actually had a friend. I'm just gonna delve into a fun, quick story on that. I said one time I was like, i was thinking about seafood, and maybe we could go to this Mexican place there. And he looked at me like I was crazy. Uh and I'd come to find out that he had never even thought about the giant coastline because he'd always been in, in that kind of central Texas sort of Mexico area.
4: Yeah. So. <laughs> oh man.
1: Makes a difference. It makes a difference. Mm. Man. Well now you have something fun to share at holiday parties now I do. this yeah. is- <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, mm-hmm. Also, we kind of touched on the luchadors that inspired you, but were there any particular, like, luchador movies or any of the particular radio dramas that inspired you or the podcast, you know, something that was especially influential?
4: Um, hmm.
5: Let's see. I mean, yeah, I watched, uh, you know, ob- obviously, El- Elzantra C- Contra Les Miserys Vampira.
4: Right. Vampiro,
5: was. um was big. Um uh, the Mummies of Guanajuato was another big one. Yeah, um love that one. And I, I don't know how, how controversial this is, but I, I still have a soft spot for, for Nacho Libre. I, I saw it. <laughs> a- <laughs> oh, a- I good. don't think
2: it's uh, Heartwarming.
1: yeah. I, think, I don't think it's, I mean, I get maybe for the hardcore, you know, fans, it's controversial, yeah. but I think it's funny in, in the best ways. And I agree with Dusty. it's definitely more heartwarming. Mm-hmm.
3: It, it it gives a flavor to it for sure that uh, people can can enjoy. So I, I don't I, I I have very mixed feelings on the movie myself. I I don't view view it as extra controversial.
5: Oh yeah, and I'll I'll shout out at least one um, classic radio <laughs> play that was a big influence was uh, Yours Truly Johnny Dollar,
4: oh, uh, which yes. has, has
5: no no wrestlers in it whatsoever. <laughs> um, no no well then, I don't you know
1: about that. I, I, <laughs> I <no> big
5: ask, <laughs>
1: but, but
5: I trust your
1: opinion, Dan. So
5: yeah, it's it's about it's oh, and it sounds so boring. It's it's, it's about a a traveling insurance adjuster who uh <laughs> who who uh, basically uh solves insurance fraud cases. But it, it it has like this really really great kind of oh. noir edge to it.
2: Yeah, uh, uh, very much informed true. that part of the podcast yeah yeah they play that a lot on the serious radio drama. <laughs> yeah I'm familiar with that one from my drives <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. awesome,
3: yeah it sounds like it has like dragnet like
4: vibes, so yeah, yeah he's like yeah. a
2: private investigator, but he's also an insurance investigator and he solves all these mysteries and murders and crimes. It's pretty cool yeah. i'm i'm uh, I've already made a note of him, go check it out.
5: Yeah, they, they, they mark all the, all the different segment breaks by him expensing, um, the different things he has to pay for while he's doing it. So it's like, oh, I have, you know, four, four dollars for a, a taxi cab from here to here. And then he describes what happens on the, on the taxi cab and then like, you know, 75 cents for a cup of coffee. And then here, then it's like him talking with someone over a cup of coffee as he gets some important clue. But, um, but some, some, some just, I, I think it's just a very, very well made show and the way it, um, you know, it, it, conveys information concisely in an audio only format um this is just uh yeah this was super
4: helpful for me
1: well we learned a lot during this interview thank you so much dan we hope our listeners have learned a lot during this interview uh please feel free to share with our listeners where they can find the luchador luchador part podcast for short, is where we found it initially uh but the full name is the luchador a thousand fights of el fuego fuerte uh yeah Dan, please let us know where listeners can find this
4: yes yeah
5: we are our, our main website is the luchadorpod.com we are the luchador pod on facebook twitter instagram tiktok uh, we don't do a lot of tiktoks but we're
4: there <laughs>
5: <laughs> um we do have um, a merch store up. Uh, you, you can find it um, linked from our website. And then we also have uh, a Patreon. It um, doesn't have a whole lot there right now, but you can be joined right now to be uh, well, one support the show. Because it's, you know, it's not the cheapest thing in the world to make, but it's, uh, it, it's definitely a labor of love. And um, uh, you can find it, yeah, Patreon, uh, luch- uh, patreon.com slash luchadorpod. And I think that should do it. Uh, Oh, and you can listen to the show directly on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever, wherever you listen. We're probably there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, you can Google uh, The digital Podcast as well And you can find it on other outlets like Inker is one that I was listening To um, and a few different Outlets, of course, you can get Connected to the website there as well And make sure to follow on Social media uh, mm-hmm. Because I know that was how uh, A lot of your uh, voiceover announcements happened On social media, so hopefully When season two busts out And we start to get hints of who's Going to be special guests on the show. You'll be able to find that through social media or the website. Oh,
4: absolutely. You can,
3: you can always throw people off and just uh, randomly tweet pictures of rocket ships. Make the space thing happen. <laughs> to the
1: moon. We're going to the moon. <laughs> just, the on the just really yeah. push <laughs> a season four before seasons two and three are out. That's, all, that's uh, how it's done. Yes, that's how you get it. It's long term planning. That's long term planning. Um, But Dan, thank you so much for uh, being with us on the show today. Uh, We will continue to listen uh, to the the podcast. We are very excited uh, about season two and subsequent uh, seasons that will be out. uh and uh we hope once another season comes back on uh you're more than welcome to join us and we can uh talk all about seasons two three four five six however many seasons you got we'd love to have you back on to talk about
5: them oh absolutely thank you so much for having me
1: yes everyone don't forget to listen to the lucha central weekly podcast at luchacentral.com Podcast streaming platform Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Podbay, Speaker, that, and much, much more. I'm Miranda Morales. I've been joined by Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr for this special interview. Thank you so much, and make sure to stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast on LuchaCentral.com. Hello, and welcome back to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is Miranda Morales, being joined, of course, by Dusty. And at this time, we have a wonderful interview ahead uh, with someone that uh, we have recently discovered that I think you guys are going to be very interested in learning more about. Let me ask you a, a question, audience. Are you looking for an adventure? One that takes you to the world of lucha libre, monsters, gangsters in the streets of Mexico City, perhaps? One that involves the voices of real pro wrestlers? One that you can listen to on all major podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Google podcasts, Amazon music and Apple podcasts. Well, we have the ticket for you. Please welcome the host of The Luchador, a thousand fights of El Fuego Fuerte, Dan Valero Fletcher. Dan, welcome to the show.
4: Hi. Hey,
5: thanks for having me. Wow. That is the biggest introduction I've ever gotten for the show. Yes. Thank you so much.
1: We- we go big here. Absolutely. Yeah. In, in the legend or two of Lucha Libre, we know that, uh, you know, anuncios or announcements are very big. Um uh, but that's also because you have a very big podcast. I mean, it is such an elaborate series of stories. Um, and we're very excited to talk with you today.
5: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, we, yeah, we left nothing on the table.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick. So, For our fans who may not be familiar with uh, The Luchador, A Thousand Fights of El Fuego Fuerte, can you explain uh, the format of the show and and what's it like?
5: Sure. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. So it's a, uh, it's an audio drama podcast. If No one's ever heard uh, one of those before. It's almost like an old timey radio play, if you think of something like that, or basically it's it's a movie or a TV show that you listen to. And so we have like a full cast um, playing original characters. And each episode tells a little part of a story. And, uh, yeah, we currently have a full... Our full first season is available to listen to now. Um, it's five episodes, easily bingeable. And, uh, yeah, and it tells the story of El Fuego Fuerte, who is the heroic champion of Mexico City um, who does battle against an ancient menace from the days of the Aztec Empire who uh, come back and uh start to befoul his precious Mexico City. And, uh... <laughs>
2: That's just the beginning.
4: Mysterious. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. How were you able to assemble such a wide group of wrestling talent and lucha talent to appear as characters on your podcast?
5: Yeah, uh, yeah, we have uh, some really, really awesome folks um, who lent their voices to yeah. the project. Um, if, if folks are wrestling fans out there or lucha fans out there, we got folks like uh, Luchasaurus uh, from AEW, Colt Cabana, Effie. Uh, Big Calix, uh, Lufisto, uh, and, and a couple, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, uh, a they Raven. Cabana. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. So it's really cool. I mean, honestly, <laughs> uh, we just cast a wide net, just far and wide, um, just hunted down who we could and just laid the idea before them. Um, you know, we reached out to some people and they're like, uh, no, thank you. But, <laughs> but like you know so so many of these guys were like oh my gosh that sounds so cool um you know many of them are making their voice acting debuts and um you know i I, everyone i'm super super joyous about like the performances we we got out of them Um, they were all very game i I think there's something about wrestlers um, you know whether you're working under a mask or not that like you know they're they're so eager to, you know, stretch themselves and try uh, try new things, and it was uh, it was a real treat to work with them. So, you you were working with them.
3: Uh, you were doing more of a traditional like like a a, a, role, a radio drama role with this. So did how did you have any interesting conversations with that? Like, you know, you're going to be playing the mayor of the city. Uh, you know, not really a role uh, wrestling role, but uh how do you feel about that kind of where were there any fun conversations like that?
5: Yeah, it was good. Um de- definitely the, the best one we had was with um Danhausen who plays a, <laughs> a gangster a uh you know a a two bit thug named Diego Denos. And um Kind of came to it, it's like yeah like you know what we have like these different idiots so you're gonna be paired with a guy that has like kind of a big boomy voice and so we kind of want you to be like you know the little guy he's like oh like Bugs Bunny I'm like yes exactly <laughs> 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 the big guys I can't remember their name Morocco it doesn't but like old Bugs Bunny Looney, Looney Tunes cartoons and he's like yes that it, <laughs> do that it was great but everyone everyone's really great and like you know i i let them loose for the most part and just kind of give them notes like hey we got like a little bit here a little a little bit there um effie was super super great to work with um they yeah like uh i think we we, we talked about like think like more like almost like a uh like like you know like oh, like i mentioned old-timey radio shows like you know this i i feel like the format plays really well into into classic film i'm I'm a huge film nerd and i went to went to film school and all that um and um so i, I so for effie it was it was like oh like think of like you know old like you know kind of like catherine hepburn uh comedies like those like kind of mid-atlantic screwball comedies kind of bring that energy to it and he <laughs> just like picked <laughs> up on it like that it was, it was like really that. good so uh yeah i i I think we i i think maybe it was just a natural melding of the folks who reacted to the material and who wanted to be a part of it and it just it just worked out great
1: well, you mentioned your love of movies and you specifically cite this show being inspired by uh, 1970s Mexican movies um, with, of course, you know, for referencing like El Santo. When did you discover these types of movies and when did that uh, love of those movies play a role in, in deciding to convert that into a podcast?
5: Yeah. Um, I, I can't remember exactly when I first discovered them. I, I know. Um, so I'm, I'm a third generation, I think, Mexican American. I forget how you count that, but, um, but I, I remember like, you know, my grandfather would, would have them on TV in the background like every now and then, and they just kind of just kind of worm their way into the back of my imagination. And, um, I learned about it a lot, um, uh, you know, as a film nerd, you know, I, I, I very much admire Guillermo yeah. del Toro, um, all the stuff that he does, and I know it's a special fascination of his as well. Um, and uh, they, there was this touring a museum exhibit of all the the weird accoutrements that Guillermo del Toro keeps in his house. If if you, anyone's familiar with him, he has this kind of like like real life haunted mansion that he keeps all these like old <laughs> film artifacts in. And um, as part of it, he was he, they displayed um, some of his his Lucha Libre stuff that he owns. And he uh, actually filmed a short film in the style of a classic El Santo film um that was played in the background of uh, that vampire tv show we did the strain and so they had it playing there as part of this exhibit and uh um, you can see it and like it, it was that and then the you know the really mundane part is um you know i used to live in los angeles had a lot of a lot of long long commutes i got um, you know uh, <laughs> i i got a free free trial of Sirius XM radio and one day i just flipped over onto like the classic radio channel they have on there and i'm like oh man this is so fun and it, fe- it feels like a really you know un unexploited avenue for storytelling and i don't know somewhere somewhere in the back of my mind those two little worms kind of connected up with each other i'm like i'm gonna do a <laughs> gonna do a radio <laughs> play about uh, luchadors why not well why not yeah yeah it's one of those things like you know it's it's definitely like you know make make the thing that you want to see in the world mm-hmm. and i'm like if yeah. i didn't make this like like i i i i, I looked first to make sure like is, is anyone doing this like um like you know why why it has like you know the long title like luchador 1000 fights El Fuego fuerte is originally you know the just the second half was the title and i'm like yeah because i'm sure there's a 100 luchador podcasts out there but <laughs> like, nope it's the only one <laughs> <laughs> will we'll be, we'll be yeah. the luchador
1: podcast you've cornered the market on it
5: exactly yep.
2: What were some of the more unique opportunities and challenges that have come from doing a radio style serial drama via podcast that might not be readily apparent to listeners of your show and to listeners of our show?
5: Yeah, I think it's it's making sure you're you're conveying information as clearly as possible. Um, you know, we we luckily or or lazily, you know, have have the crush <laughs> of having a narrator, um, the wonderful Alexander Mutute. Um, and, uh, so, so we, we can, we can lean on that, but it, but it's very, it, like, it's so important that and like, you know, we, and we test it really, really thoroughly with, um, some, some of our, you know, friends and family who are, who are early listeners, um, to make sure that the information is, is getting across and like, you know, the big feedback I always got is like, Oh, it's how, how do you make a wrestling match, um, you know, interesting to listen to, um, um, and, and, and it's something that I, I think I, I just kind of naturally clicked onto early on is like, oh, you know, like so much of wrestling actually is listening. Like, you know, you're listening to the announcers, you're listening to, um, you know, the vocalizations the wrestlers do in the match, you listen to the crowd and so, so much of that goes into the story of the match versus the athleticism of it. And I'm like, okay, I just, I just need to, need to just like turn that. Like you know, I then I, I I would I would watch matches. Like I'd watch some of my old favorite matches and just like close my eyes and just listen to it and see how the story kind of comes through.
3: That's actually something I still do. Like a lot of the time, while I'm uh, air quotes around this, watching wrestling, I'll just be listening to what's happening. Uh, it does give me a much kind of better pulse of uh, the the energy in the room and all of that. So uh, that's. I feel like it translated very well in your your podcast. Uh, Speaking of the energy in the room, though, uh, I'm I'm assuming that uh, 2020 presented some interesting things on this. But was your original idea to have everybody in the room? Or did you always know you were going to probably have to do kind of spread out and, and piece it together?
5: Yeah, I, I think we always planned like when when we first had the idea to to have the real wrestlers involved. I I figured that would be the the big hook to to kind of get them interested. Like, hey, you can do this, you know, from your hotel room on the road. Um, you know, for a lot of these guys, um, guys and ladies, you know, we we actually mailed the microphones. Uh, to to use you know wherever wherever they wanted to record from but uh, we actually did a hybrid model where um a lot we did a bunch of recording actually pre-pandemic to kind of give you a a scale of, of how long it took to put this guy together <laughs> um where where we recorded with you know a lot of folks in the room at the same time um like and and then like our our actor who plays fuerte um Jeff he uh he's actually in um in Texas and all the other recording was done in Los Angeles so we we do things kind of asynchronously where you know one person would be recording we'd have um folks in the room do the other voices but um we would then sometimes have them play against each other um just like out of out of time in a little bit but you know like all all the vampires all recorded together the whole time um maria and lobo for the for those who've listened to the show uh, recorded together the whole time um and, and and it's funny so like i i think and i think that um that really helps kind of tie it all together where i i think that you can't really tell who necessarily who was in the room without who it, yeah <laughs> and um and yeah and and then even and to cover that the base a little bit more we would also do um uh, rehearsals where um, we would have um like uh yeah uh, the ash who played lobo and jeff who played Forte had like multiple um just phone calls we do where like i'd be on the phone with them and they'd run through scenes together and then record separately and, you know, if I was more technically adept, we could have done it all the same, but like, you know, we did a lot of stuff in <laughs> <the> studios. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, I, I think we, we, we learned, we learned a lot of things that I think will make our subsequent episodes and seasons a little more streamlined, but it was, uh, definitely like wild west in terms of like what audio we were picking up from where. It's always a process.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: One of the interesting things that I found of the show, one of the bigger themes was how Lucha Libre is explained very much intertwining explaining a rudo versus a technical and even locker room etiquette, the significant of masks, family history. Can you explain how you were able to seamlessly incorporate into that show and, and maybe why that was important to incorporate in the show?
5: Um yeah I mean it, it's it's always you know like I I think uh we're what like I I'm I'm glad you saw it as seamlessly I I was worried at times that we're we over <laughs> many things but I but I wa- I wanted to make sure the show was as accessible for as many as many folks as possible cuz I knew the you know the amount of folks out there who regularly listen to audio dramas who are fans of wrestling who are fans of lucha libre um, you know that that's a very small Venn diagram, and I wanted to um, try to stretch that as much as possible, and um, and just make it really clear, kind of like what the what the boundaries of the worlds are, so that we could then play within them. So like as you see, you know, if we firmly establish what a technico is, what a rudo is, and then we see how the characters brush up against these archetypes that we have established, the audience kind of uh, knows what we're doing a little bit. Um, and then also just to make sure, just that we're establishing the rules of our world, um, so that if, uh, anything is horribly inaccurate to how Lucha Libre is done today, um, <laughs> we won't get in trouble for it. It's yeah, oh, this is it's a fictional
4: world where,
5: yeah, you where know, we're different, uh, things are established.
1: Well, I, I did find it seamless and I think as something, especially as, as we as a podcaster are also trying to incorporate that as well to, uh, you know, reach out and branch out to a wider audience. I think being able to set that up in dialogue and the explanations of things, like even the concept, it was particularly in the first episode when, uh, Fuego Fuerte was eating with the mayor and he talked about how he has his eating mask and having different masks for different occasions. And it's something that really flew over my head until it was presented in that way and even just as more of an avid wrestling fan that stuck with me so i think the way that it was incorporated into dialogue and scenes made it so easy to understand but also part of the narrative
5: yeah thank you yeah no, that, really cool. and that that definitely is something we did research the idea of the dining mass yes <laughs> no, 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 no.
1: Right. I did not know that's, that's that's a fun fact that I will be sharing at on my holiday parties uh this year. So, <laughs> thank you for that.
2: We've kind of touched on some of the people in the show and and the things going on with the show, but are there going to be any guest appearances on the show like any any special guests any secret, you know, like you don't have to drop any names, but are there mm-hmm. going to be appearances that we will be surprised to see or be excited to see when they pop up.
5: Oh yes, yeah. We're we're still yes. in early days um, for season two. So so what so what's happening? So season is finished. It's out there for folks to enjoy. Um, we uh, have started a Patreon. We're going to be releasing some small uh, one-off episodes that kind of expand the world a little bit for our uh, Patreon. Uh, subscribers and, um, cool. we're, and then we're, uh, deep, deep in the, in the pre-production process on season two. Um, oh, yeah, we've, we've, we've talked to at least, uh, at least one wrestler so far, uh, who I, I think folks will love to see, but, uh, but we, we've had it, we've had a lot, a running list of every, of everyone we're going to be reaching out to and, and talking to. And, um, it's, it's, it's really great out there. Just like how, um, how e- how open a lot of these folks are um, to to conversations about um, about these projects. So like you know you see people on you know like Colt Cabana, like Luchasaurus on like Weekly TV, and they're like, hey, just a little a little project that like you know no one had listened to that we hadn't recorded a single episode for. They were like, yeah, let's do it.
2: That's so um, cool. Yeah, awesome. Oh man.
5: Ah, yeah. I I wish. I mean, there. It's definitely definitely too early to talk about
2: any names. About, right. But, uh, but so, have, so this will oh. be season by season. So you're going to keep building the world rather than kind of like a self-contained season or an anthology style. This will keep expanding on the storyline
5: in in a way. It, it's it's. Well, yeah. Uh, yes. Um, so it like our goal is to have each season be self-contained. I think, um, you know, like the Indiana Jones movies, I think, are, are a really good. Um, benchmark. Yeah, that's where, a great where, example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where we want, um, so like our second season, um, I I think we we mentioned at the end of the of the first season, is gonna be moving to like an entirely new location. They're gonna be up on this uh what was called the Forbidden Mountain up in the, the Sierra Madres of Mexico. And um it'll be a whole new story with some characters that um that we're familiar with. And their their relationships will grow and evolve from what happened in season one. But we're going to be very cognizant of making sure that if folks want to listen to season two first and then they go back to listen to season one, that is totally okay.
3: That's, that sounds great. Um, I, so being, being kind of a fan of old luchador movies and the aesthetics as well, I, you're kind of leading, leading me into this question. Uh, you chose a very specific classic lucha foe in the first one in, mm-hmm. in vampires um uh, first uh, so it's a two-part question how uh, what was the decision-making process on on choosing that because there's a world of thing of story options you could have taken and then uh mm-hmm. can you drop any hints about what sort of uh threats we might face in season two
5: okay okay yes um i will i will say that yeah so like yeah why we went with uh with the vampires in the first one um yeah there is you know El Santo contra las mujeres vampiro, which I've mm-hmm. always been confused about the um, the grammar of. My I, <laughs> Spanish is a second language to me. Um, I, uh, by my family, was raised uh, not letting us uh, speak Spanish at home, so it's it's been something I've, I've been picking up later in life. But um, yeah, like the um, yeah like vampires, I, I think it's it's a really you know it's it's a really sticky idea everyone everyone knows what a vampire is so like that gets him in the door and then i just think the legend of the you know or the the mythology the um the history of, of the siwateteo is is fascinating and it's it's a it's a fun twist on a known subject And i thought, I thought like oh that's a perfect way to get to get him in the door because um, definitely, something I've learned is like, you know, like if you're going to be introducing people to a very complicated world, you want the story to be as straightforward as possible. And like, you know, like you listen to the story, it is, you know, it's it's a it's a guy solving a mystery, hunting down some monsters, and they they have a big showdown at the end. Um, but like, because you're 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 feeling comfortable as you're kind of going along that story, we can introduce new ideas, new. Um, riffs on characters new kind of complications to character relationships um, that if you're trying to follow like a really twisty um i don't know uh, like a, like the matrix or something wh- that you're like you'll you'll be totally lost trying trying to like listen along to that mm-hmm. um, and then um, in season two i will say that i do not believe a uh, uh, now, maybe, maybe someone will prove me wrong, but I do not believe this is it, who they'll be facing is a is a foe that any wrestler has faced before in a in a classic film. But it is a existing South American cryptid will be the the primary, the primary foe in season two. Ooh, awesome.
1: Uh, I I super high is. I'm glad yeah. you clarified because I was going to say robots. And then when you uh. added that, I was like, OK, not robots. Uh. <laughs>
5: Oh, I I keep telling my 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 producing partner who I and we're writing season two together, um, is it like you know season 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 three? Um, you know I I would say what season three is gonna be because we have ideas for season three, but then season four is gonna be in space. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> yes. I, I have not got buy-in from any of my other collaborators on that yet. <laughs> <laughs> you said
4: I mean, it, no, now we it have
1: have to, to happen. It has to happen. We do have to wait a few seasons for it, but the fact that we're going to space is amazing. The space we're race. Late. The Lucifer space <laughs> exactly. race. Um gosh, that's all uh, that's really fun. <laughs> that's so fun. <laughs> You've talked a bit already about the influence of 1970s Mexican Lucha Libre films in the, the entire framework of this show. Were there any specific luchadors that helped inspire any of your characters?
5: Hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, El, Santo. El Santo and Fuerte are, are very much uh, hand in hand. Um, i and, and and definitely not not necessarily you know the man beneath the mask or um or even el el santo's direct career but i but playing with with the idea of that of that weight of that responsibility of kind of being that icon being that representative of of so much and still being a real kind of flesh and and, and what interests me is the idea of being that real flesh and blood person underneath the mask and how you kind of reconcile those two ideas um so yeah those those two are very similar Lobo Lobo for those who've listened he's, he's a little bit of Eddie Guerrero in there oh, and okay. um is, and yeah. then and then a little bit of of the um you know of, of, the, of the of the blue demon because the because blue yes. demon was he's... Rudo for most of his yeah, career
1: contra- yeah you could tell that
5: yeah I think that's really fun um there's some other folks who were were who pretty close oh there um they're oh i mean I, sorry, i am trying not to spoil anything or <laughs> or not to spoil anything or or step on any any further relations but I'll, but I'll say uh L- lorena blanca is definitely based on a um a contemporary luchadora who um Many folks have seen. It might have it might have uh, appeared on a very recent uh, lucha libre pay per view in Mexico.
1: Oh, I
5: see. I see.
1: I had um, a I, the voice was one where I was like, "Is that?" And uh-huh. then I was like, "No, no, no." But then I was like, w-? It, "It gave me a, yeah. a bit of that vibe." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
5: The voice, the voice uh, is, is Lufisto. She's she's an amazing um, luchadora, Canadian uh, wrestler. Um, and she, she did an awesome job with it. And I don't, I don't know if she was trying to channel the other person or not. I, 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 that's, <laughs> that.
1: that's the beauty of the creative process,
2: right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. do you have a, a favorite luchador, like, you know, in your own fandom of Lucha Libre?
5: Hmm. Favorite. Um, I'll say, um, the ones who are hard, i right right now today the the one who is who is just giving me just so much joy and and everything he does is Penta El Seromieto. mieto
2: yes and, so good
5: uh, he he has that that complete intangible um that um that he just that connection to the crowd that purely through through body language um, through through timing, through posturing, through through his moveset, that that really just draws you in, uh, just a hundred percent. You were, and you're just fully invested in him, even though you know he looks nothing like, you know, uh, you know, a uh, person you'd see on the street. Um, it's just just
2: incredible. Absolutely, he's, he's uh, right. I
3: Phoenix would I reason. would uh, not want to meet him on the street to be. <laughs> yeah, like that's a At dark least in alley. A dark alley. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: Mm. Things like.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Gaddy, scaredy cats are scared of the same things a lot of times. <laughs> 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 oh,
5: I'm sure he's a sweetheart.
3: I, I'm positive he must be. I've found that to be true. Uh, the more terrifying they are in the ring, the, the nicer they seem to be when I talk to them, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, I'm just gonna, just gonna follow in on a in the similar thing that so when you were researching and you you were watching the modern product were you watching uh, mexican prod, prod uh not podcasts i'm sorry that stuck in my head were you watching mexican product were you watching american product were you watching a bit of both uh where did you kind of dip into for this
5: yeah a, a bit of both um like i've, I've been checking in with with Triple and CMLL as much as I could, it's a little harder to to, to get a hold of. Um, big shout out to um, uh, if, I, I can't remember the John was behind it, but Lucha Blog. <laughs> Lucha
3: Blog, yeah, yep. he's a he's a big yeah. asset for getting yeah, for, get out <laughs> for getting that no, stuff Luchini out there. Blog. We shout it yeah. out
5: frequently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in terms of the American product, like I, I have been a wrestling fan for for decades. Um, you know, obviously I'll I'll dip out here and there and and, and dip back in as things <laughs> right and fall. But like I, you know, I mean definitely I've been I've been watching AEW religiously, um, kind of since its launch. Um, I, I I love you know I I think they've they've done such a great job of showing different lucha talent, different Mexican talent. Um, it's really great. I'm very excited. I'm just, just to, to brag a little bit. I am going to uh, their event next week. At, oh, uh, so winter exciting. is coming in, uh, oh, in,
4: yeah,
5: in Texas. Yeah. Texas. Oh, and I'm, I'm, I'm and so excited.
2: Have you been to AEW
5: before? Yes. Yeah. My wife and I were like. So yeah. 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 Like we were able to sure. go this summer. Uh, we saw the. Uh, so, I, so I'm in, in Austin, Texas these days.
2: I was there. I went to Fighter Fest.
5: Oh, holy cow! Okay, we were yeah, both. Very there. cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
2: I wanted to know. <laughs> The thread. <laughs> Yeah, I'm in Kansas City, but we drove down for it. It was oh. amazing. Such a great show. Most fun I've ever had at a wrestling show.
5: Yes. Yeah. No, my, yeah, my wife, who, uh, who actually does the, um, the credits at the end of each episode, um, she is, she is, you know, will never profess to be, you know, the world's biggest wrestling fan. Um, but she had a blast. So like AEW has done so much to, to kind of reinvigorate the product and like be able to bring in folks who had kind of, Given up on on what wrestling can be.
1: Well, that kind of leads me to. uh, I I hope you consider an interesting question and maybe very (laughs) random, but there's a lot of fans out there that voice their opinions loudly about the state of professional wrestling, and you know maybe some of their displeasure of you know storylines or how talents are utilized. We do it on the show, so we're Mm. we're not here to call anybody out in particular. Mm -hmm. But as someone who is a fan of wrestling and someone who is a writer, you know, if you were given the pencil on Mm. a particular – storyline or luchador you know how would you possibly rewrite them or change something about them right now in their current context because i feel like as fans that's what we try and do but we don't always articulate very well um and i feel like maybe you may be able to to do the best of, of both articulate it and write someone pretty darn good
5: oh yeah well i mean okay number one i'm um, not and, and i'm definitely not a um I, I don't take sides in the war between like you know AEW or WWE or anything like that. Um, obviously, WWE is, is a corporate product that's been around for a longer time, and there's like a lot more public things you can kind of nitpick about them. Um, so I'm not I'm not ragging on WWE in general, yeah. Yeah. but holy cow, <laughs> why does Dominic Mysterio not <laughs> wear a mask?
2: Yes. Right? We have talked about this on the show. Yes, like, we are we, Yeah. He should. We think maybe that they're gonna have like a mask versus mask match for Dominic. Actually, assumes the mask after he wins it. That's my theory. My son and I have decided that's where they're going. But uh, <laughs> we who were knows?
3: Right, right for WWE. Yes, show, we so give we them say.
2: ideas all the time, and they. Yeah. Those asses never use them,
4: yes, yeah,
1: yeah, we, we share them, they don't use it, it's a vicious cycle, so you just keep on going with it,
5: yeah, no, it's like you talk, talk about like they have a legacy of Luther labor the the idea you know you, you, you pass the names down, you pass the mass down, and then like what like there that there is just such a missed opportunity there, and you know, poor, I, I mean like i I, I think that um Dominic Mysterio is doing really, really great, especially for his age. And he's been given an amazing opportunity um, to perform on, on this, on this big thing. But it's like, Oh, they're still doing them this, this huge disservice by, you know, not, um, not making part of the thing. And the same, same thing with, uh, yeah, like on NXT, uh, Santos Escobar, Legado de Fantasma. Right. Like, I, I don't know. Like it's, I know. it's, I know. it, It goes all the way back to WCW unmasking Rey Mysterio with like no fanfare whatsoever. Like it's
2: uh. yeah, and to Nash of all people, like
3: yeah, yeah. Oh man, they uh, (laughs) which and they they had less of an excuse on that one because they Hmm. had they had such influence on bringing the lucha libre culture to mexico to, from mexico to america and they still did it that way so mm-hmm. uh you you've reminded me of the unfortunate history of the lucha <laughs> libre
4: experience in the united mm-hmm. states
5: well okay and, and what if, if i can do one more uh, for anyone who's listened to lucha podcast um, this would be no surprise. If I could do anything to change the landscape of, of the real world of professional wrestling right now, I would bring back Lucha Underground. So uh, that, um, yeah. 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 I, I, I am so, so part, part of, you know, Lucha or 1000 fights with a Fuego Fuerte is, you know, me vicariously living that, that world where, um, you know, kind of Mexican culture, Lucha culture and real wrestling kind of live side by side. Uh, it was, it was
4: yeah. So good. And, yeah, it had to way. have been
3: that had to have been a sweet spot for for a fan like you. I know it was for me. Yeah, uh,
5: yeah. And I and I know there's rumors and stuff, but I I don't know. I haven't heard anything sub- substantive.
3: Yeah. Well, we're, we're we're about to get a little closer to that. That's something yes. we're going to cover on this week's podcast. But, uh, yes. There is there. there is a more definitive. Shape to those rumors now, uh,
5: <laughs> if they need any more
3: writers
4: I yeah,
1: you should throw your head out there we'll We'll give you more details afterwards,', we're gonna yeah. for the show, but when we get offline, we'll tell you, and then yeah. you know, yeah. know, we'll we'll plant the seeds
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> um I'm just gonna jump in here because this we uh you mentioned now that you live. Now in Texas and you talked about being in LA for this. On the show we have a we have a term where we describe two very different styles of Luchudifray, which is hmm. the Texas style and the California style. Oh wow. Uh, yeah.
2: <laughs> like for instance, Pinta is more Texas style, Phoenix is more California style. Exactly. Ooh.
3: Uh, so first, I was gonna ask if you if you had noticed anything like that. It already sounds like you haven't.
4: But, uh... No, I have not, I, I want to. I, I I've
5: unfortunately, you know, given given the state of the world, not had as many opportunities to check out um, independent wrestling out here. Uh, there haven't been as many shows. I know um, Thunder Rose has been putting on a bunch. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but it's 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 just it just hasn't worked out with my schedule unfortunately right. but one one of those days I'm, I'm I'm gonna make it but um that's very interesting I, I i'm actually never if you've already broken down on the show multiple times I, well,
1: no, we can it, do it yeah, for you yeah, yeah yeah and it's more <laughs> uh just a general thing that we noticed uh regarding and this also could be more of the location uh of the proximity they are to mexico but california especially with how they they seem to train is more high flyer, fast pace style. I mean, one of the, the legendary California luchadores is Rey Mysterio. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of people associate, um, you know, 619 and Rey Mysterio and the high flyers with California. Whereas Texas in general has more of a brawler style, uh, but tend to be more hardcore, more hard hitting when you think of someone like a Tejano or Tejano Junior, um, more cowboy uh, and, and less high flying and more brawler style. So that's how we've defined those kind of two camps. I'm sure there's more out there, but that's kind of a division that we've distinguished when we talk about those two different styles of Lucha Libre.
5: Okay, all right. I'm I'm going to now be watching, watching the <laughs> with that with that in mind. Yeah,
1: and you know, it's it's also again just also how people are trained, but I'm. Guessing, and that's more of where Dusty and Brendan can help me out with also the proximity mm-hmm. of, of how close they are to Mexico. Um, whereas, you know, California is closer to Tijuana. That's more of a showman type of place. Absolutely. And then, uh, yeah. the border towns in Texas are a little bit more, I, w- I don't know about traditional, but definitely more. Cowboy culture. Cowboy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Terry
2: Funk figures into a lot of that. (laughs) He's a legend in Amarillo. He's a legend in El Paso. The Funk brothers, their dad. Like the Funks were the thing on those border towns, especially the US sides. And it heavily influenced the Lucha Libre style in there. Like it's a it's a harder, it's a meaner, it's more map based, it's more aggressive. It's less showy and more violent it's yeah it's it's more uh animalistic, I guess you'd kind of say in a way too, mm-hmm. it really goes back to kind of the older style, and it's yeah really exciting
5: okay, oh very cool,
3: and yeah. obviously that high flying style super exciting that is kind of what re it, it, the definition for a lot of American fans, you know that rainy mysterio Sikosa's view from e c w is Kind of my, my biggest definition of that California high flying big moves sort of style. So I would, I don't want to, I don't want to make it sound like we're biased to one side or the other, but Mm. we use those to kind of help define the feel of a match for people who weren't there. So that's, you know.
5: Yeah, that's good. I mean, like I, I have adapted well to enjoy Tex Max as much (laughs) as I enjoyed my. It, it's different. It's 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 different, but it both it yeah. both brings out amazing things. You know, I can get great queso out here. I can't get a good shrimp taco to save my life.
1: <laughs> Correct, <laughs> right? I, am, I believe that.
5: I am not shocked by this revelation. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh
2: shit, that close, but still too far.
3: I I actually had a friend. I'm just gonna delve into a fun quick story on that. I said one time I was like, I was thinking about seafood and maybe we could go to this Mexican place there, and he looked at me like I was crazy. Uh, and, would come to find out that he had never even thought about the giant coastline because he'd always been in, in that kind of central Texas sort of Mexico area.
4: Yeah. So. <laughs> oh man. I
1: makes a difference. It makes a difference. Mm. Man. Well, now you have something fun to share at holiday parties now. I this do. Is- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Also, we kind of touched on the luchadors that inspired you, but were there any particular, like, luchador movies or any of the particular radio dramas that inspired you or the podcast, you know, something that was especially mm-hmm. influential?
5: Um, hmm. Let's see. I mean, yeah, I watched, uh, you know, ob- obviously, El Elzandra, C- Contra Lesnar's Vampira.
4: Right. Vampiro,
5: was- um was big. Um... Uh, the Mummies of Guanajuato is another big one. Yeah, um, love that one. and I, I don't know how, how controversial this is, but I, I still have a soft spot for, for Nacho Libre. I, I saw it.
2: When, <laughs> in, <when> it <laughs> oh, oh, I don't think it's oh. called- heartwarming. Yeah.
1: I, think, I don't think it's, I mean, I get maybe for the hardcore, you know, fans, it's controversial, yeah. but I think it's funny in, in the best ways. And I agree with Dusty. It's definitely more heartwarming.
3: Mm-hmm. It 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 gives a flavor to it for sure that uh, people can can enjoy. So I I don't I I I have very mixed feelings on the movie myself. I I don't view it as extra controversial.
5: Yeah, and I'll I'll shout out at least one um, classic radio play that was a big influence was uh, Yours Truly Johnny Dollar,
4: uh, which has
5: no no wrestlers in it whatsoever. (laughs) <laughs> um, no no well then I don't yet.
1: know about that. I, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, but I trust your opinion, Dan. So
5: Yeah, it's it's about it's oh and it sounds so boring. It's it's, it's about a a traveling insurance adjuster who uh <laughs> who who uh basically uh solves insurance fraud cases, but it it, it has like this really, really
2: great kind of oh. noir edge to it.
3: Yeah.
2: And, uh, very uh, much informed that part of the podcast yeah yeah they play that a lot on the serious radio dramas mm-hmm. yeah I'm familiar with that one from my drives <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, awesome mm-hmm. yeah it sounds like it has like dragnet like vibes, so
2: yeah, yeah he's like yeah. a private investigator, but he's also an insurance investigator and he solves all these mysteries and murders and crimes. It's pretty cool yeah. i'm i'm uh, I've already made a note of him go check it out.
5: Yeah, they, they, they mark all the all the different segment breaks by him expensing um, the different things he has to pay for while he's doing it. So it's like, oh, I have, you know, four four dollars for a, a taxi cab from here to here. And then he describes what happens on the on the taxi cab and then like, you know, 75 cents for a cup of coffee and then here. And it's like him talking with someone over a cup of coffee as he gets some important clue. But um, but some, some some just I I think it's just a very very well made show and the way it um you know it it conveys information concisely in an audio only format um is just uh, yeah was, was super helpful for me.
1: Well, we learned a lot during this interview. Thank you so much, Dan. We hope our listeners have learned a lot during this interview. Uh, please feel free to share with our listeners where they can find the luchador luchador part podcast for short, is where we found it initially uh but the full name is the luchador a thousand fights of el fuego fuerte uh yeah Dan, please let us know where listeners can find this
5: yes yeah we are our, our main website is the dot we are the luchador pod on facebook twitter instagram tiktok uh, we don't do a lot of tiktoks but we're there <laughs> <laughs> um we do have um, a merch store up. Uh, you, you can find it um, linked from our website. And then we also have uh, a Patreon. It um, doesn't have a whole lot there right now, but you can be joined right now to be uh, able one support the show. Because it's, you know, it's not the cheapest thing in the world to make, but it's uh, it, it's definitely a labor of love. And um, uh, you can find it, yeah, Patreon. Uh, luch- uh, Patreon.com slash Pod And... I think that should do it. Uh, Oh, and you can listen to the show directly on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever, wherever you listen. We're probably there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, you can google uh, the Lucidilo podcast as well and you can find it on other outlets like Inker is one that I was listening to um and a few different outlets of course you can get connected to the website there as well and make sure to follow on social media uh because mm-hmm. I know that was how uh, a lot of your uh, voiceover announcements happened on social media so hopefully when season 2 busts out and we start to get hints of who's Going to be special guests on the show. You'll be able to find that through social media or the website.
4: Oh, absolutely. You
3: can can always throw people off and just uh, randomly tweet pictures of rocket ships. Make the
1: space thing happen. (laughs) To the moon. We're going to the moon. (laughs) Just just really push (laughs) the season four before seasons two and three are out. That's that's Uh, how it's done. Yes, that's how you get it. It's that's, that's long-term planning. That's long-term planning. Um, but Dan, thank you so much for uh, being with us on the show today. Uh, we will continue to listen, uh, to the, to the podcast. We are very excited, uh, about season two and subsequent se- uh, seasons that will be out. Uh, and, uh, we hope once another season comes back on, uh, you're more than welcome to join us and we can, uh, talk all about seasons two three, four, five, six, however many seasons you got, we'd love to have you back on to talk about them.
5: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yes. Everyone. Don't forget to listen to the Lucha Central weekly podcast at luchacentral.com. Favorite podcast streaming platform: Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Podbay, Speaker, that, and much, much more. I'm Miranda Morales. I've been joined by Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr for this special interview. Thank you so much, and make sure to stay tuned to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast on luchacentral.com. Thank you to listen to listening. Thank you for listening <laughs> to our interview. With Dan Valero Fletcher, the host of the Luchador podcast, A Thousand Fights of El Fuego Fuerte. Brendan, you teased something, uh, at the very beginning, uh, prior to the interview regarding an announcement Dan made on social media regarding, uh, a future episode. So I'm gonna let you reference, go circle back around to it. <laughs>
3: Yes, they, uh, announced that, uh, Raven is going to be the voice of very famous, uh, I believe he used the term cryptid, uh, uh, and now, of course, it's just the name of the critter shot out of my head, Um
2: Was it a chupacabra?
3: The Chuka- chupacabra, yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was, I, <laughs> I, I was, for those of you who know who are old enough to know i was stuck on chupa thingy because of a stupid cartoon that was on the internet in the early 2000s so i, I <laughs> those of you who know what i'm talking about will hopefully have that giggle and be like yeah chupa thingy but uh uh that, that that's where my brain was at but yes raven has been announced to be the voice of the chupacabra in an upcoming episode or more of the, uh, the luchador podcast. So very exciting stuff. We have kind of that hint we were hoping to get.
1: Yeah. And again, the luchador podcast, uh, as we talked about a very unique type of podcast uh, with old school vibes of, you know, dramatic radio over crossover with old school lucha libre movies and so it's such a unique concept um, that we all felt uh, oh, a yeah. sense of talking to to Dan to ask more <laughs> about it so make sure you follow it uh on or well, you follow the luchador podcast on social media and their website uh, as well as actually listening to the podcast um, on all of your media major podcast streaming platforms and as we talked about we hope to uh have dan back sometime in the future to discuss upcoming seasons especially when they get to space space Buchadors <laughs> in space it just needs to happen it must have i want to see a mask
3: yes. with a bubble helmet over it that's just you know yeah yeah
1: i mean and no gravity <laughs> so like how does that happen with the high flyers like yeah i mean there's so so many storylines we could just do <laughs> for Dan. We could literally write the whole season and just be like, here you go, Dan. Here's the, the Luchador podcast in space. Um, but it's just really fun. And, again, as Brendan mentioned in the beginning, that we as a podcast celebrate a lot of Lucha Libre culture, um, again, from – interviews with photographers and promoters to everything that Master Republic does and its content and products that it produces. Uh, Lucha Libre is more than just a form of wrestling. It is a lifestyle. It is a heritage. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about the podcast is how much it celebrates that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, I I love every episode kind of brings me into uh, the, the, this little lucha headspace that, uh, I can then kind of bring back out into the world with me.
1: So. Yeah. Well, again, make sure you stay tuned, uh, to the luchador podcast for, uh, some great content and hopefully some new seasons. And with that, well, that's the end of our show this week. Thank you so much for listening to the lucha central weekly podcast. Don't forget to check out. Uh, the Lucha Central Podcast Network and all of the news and content available at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can follow Lucha Central on social media, at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram, and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. Of course, Lucha Central has their very own YouTube page with hours of content available, like interviews and exclusive matches that you're not going to find anywhere else. And while you're at it, go ahead and follow us on social media. Dusty, can you let our listeners know where they can find you?
2: Yes, I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy.
1: And Brendan, where can our listeners find you?
3: I am 321 T-shirt guy. I'm uh that's the numbers. Three two one and then t-shirt guy is all spelled out. I am on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm all over the Twitters.
1: And at me, Miranda Morales. Well, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. Also, a special shout-out to our distributing partners over at the TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com is your source for wrestling news, analysis, sports, entertainment, and sports and entertainment, all available there. You can find us streaming there uh, because we're just growing beyond LuchaCentral.com. And, of course, that means you got to check out all of the great content associated with all of our partners. And with that, well, make sure you stay, stay tuned and listen to us next week. Uh We got some things brewing for the end of the year. Big teaser there. Uh So make sure you listen to us as we head into our year in review in a few weeks. And maybe we got an interview or two left in before the end of the year. Who knows? You'll just have to find out by listening to the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast at LuchaCentral.com. For Brendan Barr and Dusty Murphy, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much. And we'll be back with you next week.